Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Love Our Podcast. I'm your host, Miss Kev on stage, and I'm joined by my husband and co-host. The Kev on stage. And we're going to do a listener's question, listener's bag type episode. Um, I posted on my Instagram about you guys asking us questions and y'all submitted them. So we're just going to go through and answer some of them. I'm going to pull this a little bit closer. Melissa is cold. It is freezing in this office. Besides the fact, can they see that? The temperature thing, there's a temperature gauge back there. It doesn't work. The temperature in this office is whatever it wants to be that day. We'd be changing it and be like, shut up. This is the temperature, so we'd be quiet. I'm actually going to go on my Instagram. Is this a separate episode? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. So this is one that I have on here. How do you create substantial friendships as adults? This is from Nyer, N-Y-R-E underscore Chester. How do you create substantial friendships as adults? I actually think this is a hard question because I think uh, creating friendships as adults is probably one of the hardest things to do because as kids, obviously, you're going to see each other at school. You're going to, you know, have recess together. Like there's this kind of forced time. Um, But if you're not necessarily friends with the people that you work with, where, again, you kind of had that forced time for eight hours a day, five days a week or whatever your work schedule is, it's much harder to create friendships that are as deep rooted as those friendships that you've established when you were in high school or college or elementary school. Um, They just look differently. I agree. Um, I was realizing the other day that most of my friendships um, post-college were like people I worked with. Mm-hmm. Then you stop working with them and you you really don't, you know, I, in my case, don't necessarily remain friends like that. You know, like, you know, my boy John Scarlett, I went to lunch with him every day mm-hmm. for like years. And then when I stopped working at All Deaf, we, you know, he works his job, I do my thing. We still chop it up, but we don't like hang out nearly as much. So, and then... You kind of just like get settled into your friends, you know. We just got like Mel and Greg, Josh, and then it just be like, okay, bye. Mm-hmm. You know, you have like in, in acquaintances, people you see at parties and stuff, but you know, friends, you'd be like, I don't know, man, I don't know about them. Yeah, you know, we're almost forty. I know. I already had enough friends for a lifetime. Yeah, but I think the trouble is that adulthood can f- start to feel very lonely, especially like for us, we've uprooted ourselves from you know the roots of friendships that were you know the way the word that she's using is substantial meaning there were friends that we've had for my nails are a mess if you guys can see that um but the friends that we've had from like high school or into college or whatever and when you move 
it's much harder to establish those friendships. And I think that's at, like the base of the question is establishing those bonds. People were made for connections. Start out, shout out to um, the purpose driven life. Um, but people were made for con connection. We thrive off connection. And when you don't feel those connections, it can feel very like isolating. Yeah, I agree. I think, um, you know, over the last couple of months we've been hanging out with uh, Danny and mm -hmm. uh, Angel and Marcus. You'd be like, man, this is the yeah, you know, uh, they both have kids our age, and I think that's another thing. You know, JoJo was saying this on his podcast. He was like, "When you guys go over to, to Danny's house, um, he was like, their kids just become our friends mm -hmm. because we're over there, they're over right. there, you know." So, um, but other other than that, you only kind of see the parents from the soccer team and in each other and yeah. your family member. But before we. Uh, Greg and Mel moved here, it was just me and you mm -hmm. and the boys, you know, so um, it is more difficult than I imagine. I think also, like you were talking about, this is one of the things about, I'd be curious to see how it is for people who've lived in the same city for a long time, but we're military kids, so we don't have the luxury of carrying a lot of friends through our sure. whole adult life. Mm -hmm. You know, we were moving every three or four years, or they were moving every three or four years, so your friends were like three years tops. So, like, Isaiah and Joe have friends that they've known for, shoot, Zay Zay's in ninth grade. Yeah. Since he was in second grade, mm -hmm. first, second grade. And Joe as well. I don't have that same, uh, I don't have that same childhood. So, um, and I guess there's a whole, like, reasons and seasons thing, yeah. too. You know, which, uh, which has been, like, you know, like, even Ant, you know, from the Playmakers. I talked about this an episode or two ago. And we still chop it up, but not nearly as much because we were also working together. Right. You know? So there's more. I guess that working together gives you more of a reason to connect, even right. if you wouldn't have. Uh, and I guess you still check up on your your people, but you don't like hang out as yeah. much. But the crazy thing is, our friends from like back in Washington. Whenever we see them, it's like no time has passed. Right. You know what I mean? Like when Keita came. Well, and I think that's the part that makes it like more of a friendship, I guess, is that it's not a relationship or a friendship that's based on work. Yeah. And so those relationships are the ones that they can start to feel like superficial because they're not deeply rooted in mm -hmm. something. So that if the job ends or if, you know, whatever ends, then that automatically means your friendship ends. It's like when I think about, you know, all the people that I worked with before my job closed down. And I was always like, listen, we ain't friends. We work friends. OK, like there's a difference. I see you guys Monday through Friday, nine to five. I see it. OK. <laughs> um, but the, I mean, there were people that I genuinely liked and cared about and that kind of thing but as soon as the job ends I mean maybe we text every now and then like happy birthday girl whatever but it, it's nothing beyond that because I also understood what it was but then there's this friendships that maybe start as work relationships and then they extend beyond that and right. those are the true friendships and I think that's the part that's it's just harder I, the point is we don't have the answer because it is a lot harder to navigate those type of relationships as an adult because again when your friends initially at school ain't nothing there but friendship Right. And then as you get older, those things, you know, become more guarded. Now you're hurt. You got trust issues. You're carrying all this baggage that you didn't have when you were in third grade. And so it's just a lot harder. Absolutely. 100% agree. Anything else you want to add? No. All right. Next question from Tiffany.mg. Do you approach religion differently with your sons in comparison to how you were raised? Whew. Man. The short answer is yes. <laughs> Honestly, the... The reason that's a long answer, religion and church has changed as well. 
Uh-huh. What I mean by that is when I was growing up, uh, it was not unreasonable to go to church four or five times a week. Mm-hmm. Um, church on Sunday, start at Sunday school, like 730. We had breakfast, lunch at church a lot of times. Uh, Sunday morning or Sunday school review, Sunday morning service, break, night service. And we came back to church on Tuesday for uh, evangelistical service, Thursday for Bible study or Wednesday, I can't remember, Friday for choir rehearsal for adults, Saturday morning for choir rehearsal for kids. Monday was the only day we routinely didn't go to church. Mm -hmm. And then there was revivals and um, conventions and councils. So our vacation was church. Our church in L.A. has church on Sunday morning. And that's it. And that's it. No night service. Uh, there wasn't Bible study for a long time. There's no councils or conventions or anything like that. So even if we went to every single service that the church offered, like we did when we were kids, it was like five t- to one. Yeah. You know, it just church. looks differently. It looks different. When I was a kid also, and I know yours is a little different with military churches, uh, a lot of times what the pastor said was the be-all, end-all for everything. Uh-huh. You know, if he said you shouldn't go to movies, we didn't go to movies. And then if you've deviated from that, it was like, all right, now listen, you ain't, we ain't really telling people. It was the same for me. Yeah, okay. So um, uh, I feel like as I've gotten older, and I don't know if that's religion change or whatever, but as I've gotten older and learned the Bible for myself, a lot of things that I was taught or, you know, as a kid – we've deviated from and we try to keep teach our kids how we think now and not just regurgitate what we thought then the problem with that is that is a and the world has changed a lot as well um so that balance is a little delicate of what you're teaching because you're kind of teaching them as you're learning right i think the other thing is uh before we move on i just want to say really quickly Joshua is clearly buying something behind the camera and it's cracking me up having him pull out his credit card because it's like you knew a number but maybe forgot something so you just need to verify oh okay got it then put it but it wasn't long enough where he was like typing in all the numbers going back and forth it was like he knew enough I knew it I knew it it was just really funny watching it in real time because it's stuff that I do all the time I'm like What's the CCV code again? <laughs> it was just really funny. That happens to me too. And as soon as you pull your credit card out, you're like, like I know this. Whole that number. is it. <laughs> it's eight nine eight. I never know. It's eight nine eight or eight eight nine. That happens to me all the time. So funny. That's not my real credit card number, guys. Even if it was, there's only three numbers. I'm just <laughs> saying. Um. So anyway, I say I was gonna say that the other the one of the main differences for me is that I feel like as a kid, religion was very fear based. Mm-hmm. Uh, meaning it was all about not going to hell and not really about falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with uh, Jesus. Yeah, but we don't fall in love with Jesus. You just don't want to go to hell, that's, that's you know? True. And so it's a, it's it's a, a lot different of... different approach. Yeah, it's very different. And so it's not really about relationship. It's all about, like, what you can't do and... You don't even always get the reasons why. It's just a whole list of thou shall not. And so a lot of this is more about establishing, whether it's very like heavy handed, overt, like Christian conversations. It really is about developing a a moral compass in the boys and allowing them to 
hear their own intuition and what they think, because a lot of times for us, you think of that as the Holy Ghost, as the Holy Spirit guiding you and directing yeah. you. And so making sure that you're fully in tune and in, in um, yeah, in tune with that, that small, still voice within yourself, telling you what's right, telling you what's wrong, having these very open-ended conversations that are, you know, well, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And kind of guiding him through, guiding them through, well, the Bible says this, and this is what mommy and daddy thinks. And, you know, maybe this is what your grandparents think. And these are the reasons why we're at this position now. So I think that's one of the, one of the biggest uh, differences in approach with the boys than it was. Although, again, the hardest part about that is sometimes I feel like a lot of this new age parenting is a lot of options and choices. And we didn't have a lot of options or a lot of choices as kids. It was just like, this is what you going to do. Cause I said so. In life period, the not end. just church. Yeah. And so Holding I struggle, food. I struggle with that in some ways. Cause I'm just like, am I giving you guys, I don't want to say freedom. Cause I know the boys do have boundaries and things they have to do. But at the same time, it's like, am I giving you too much? Mm -hmm. Should I just be telling you, this is what you need to do <laughs> and shut up and listen. You don't want to do that, but like raising You don't smart, want to do that, but also you want to do that. Yeah. Raising well-balanced children who think for themselves and question things means they question you. Right. And you'd be like, but also, yes, but also don't disrespect me. And I don't think I found the balance of that yet. All right. Uh, on that note, we're going to take a break to hear a word from Albert. If you want to get a handle on your money, but you feel overwhelmed, don't stress. Just download Albert. Let me tell you, I actually have Albert on my app and they basically take a portion of what I spend and direct it to a savings account. And I get emails like, hey, girl, you save X amount of dollars. And I just feel like that deserves a round of applause. Round of applause. Thank you. Thank you so much. So you're saving and shopping and, I'm sorry, spending and saving at the same time. Yes, yes. Uh, one of the things that I appreciate the most about Albert, and you can kind of tell just in the name, Albert's a human name, not just mm -hmm. like a random company name, but Albert gives you the opportunity to work with real human, actual, with blood through their veins, <laughs> people, real financial advisors. They message you anytime through the app, and it just gives you a nice personal touch. It makes you feel like, you know, I'm doing things with my life because I have a financial advisor, and it's not just an automated algorithm. You you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I just feels like, you know, don't at me. I have my stuff together. Uh, you can effortlessly build your savings account for a rainy day or the next Instagram worthy trip. Again, that's what I'm doing for the bald and the beautiful. We have plans to go to Turks and Caicos to mm. go to where else we want to go. Maldives. Mexico, the Maldives. We want to go to all these places. And Albert is giving me a way to, you know, stash some money aside in the most effortless way. And then when I need to pull it, you know, I could do those things. Automated savings. Albert tracks your income and spending throughout the week to find any money that you can safely save without disrupting your cash flow. Install Albert from the App Store or Google Play today to find your happy balance. And let's not forget that Christmas, the holiday season is coming up and we can all use some extra cash on the side to ensure that we have the Christmas that we want to have. And this is a great way to start saving, putting some money aside so you have that. And you'll get a bonus of up to $40 when you start your annual subscription to Albert genius all you have to do is install the albert app from the app store do that today or google play and you can get a bonus of up to 40 dollars when you start your annual subscription to albert genius next question from mom of two wife of one 
Been thinking a lot about the idea of creative branding. Nope. Been thinking a lot about the idea of branding yourself. And my question is, is creating a brand for yourself reserved exclusively for people in the creative space? Uh, my immediate, okay, and Alexis C13 second to this question. And my immediate response is absolutely not. I think that anyone in business should be brand, you should have a brand. You should have some personal brand that is not reserved just solely for creative people. You're not even creative. No, I'm not. And I have a brand, so there you go. I think even outside of people as, as big as us on social media, you have a you can have a brand. Um, it's kind of just like what you're known for. Yeah, I agree. You know what I mean? Like even when I wasn't Kev on stage and big on Facebook, they were like, <laughs> "Man, Kev is crazy." Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I've been taking my shirt off and drawing on myself long before I had Literally. the Kev on stage. Uh, name, you know, I had a brand in high school. You know, Kev was a funny dude who's mediocrely good at sports. You know what I mean? So I think um, to answer your question, no, I don't think it's reserved for people in the creative space. You you can just be like, man, this person's a great artist, takes great photographs. Uh, there's a lot of different to the people. Joshua brand. Yeah, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot of people who don't have huge social medias who have a brand. Yeah. Uh, the thing that gets weird when you're like, well, my brand won't allow me. It's like, but you're small. It's like when you act like you have like a Disney type brand or something like that. But no, I think your brand is just in, in this uh, arena. A lot of times it's just an extension of your personality. Yeah. And honestly, I think brand um, really is more about your messaging. It's what you're known for. Yeah. It is your voice. It is your tone. It is your aesthetic. I think all of those things combine equal your brand. Yeah. And so regardless of whether you're doing something creative or if you are, I can't even think babysitting or like, you know, whatever it is that you're doing, you want to have a presence and a brand that that um, shows, again, your voice, what you're known for, your your creativity, your tone, your whatever it is should all be encapsulated in your brand. As in fact, when I was going through and kind of doing my rebrand, it was so funny. People were like, well, what are you selling? Girl, me. <laughs> like, I know I have like notebooks and, you know, stationery and that kind of thing. But at the end of the day, my brand is me. It's not I am the product. And so my rebranding was making sure that everything that I'm posting on social media um, is in line with what I want to have represented. And so even when I did like my um, I was doing like a brand audit, so to speak, my own version, like, you know, I just kind of Google What's things a brand audit? I'm about to tell you. And so what they tell you to do is go through your Instagram and pick any like three or four rows. Stop there. And does it say, does it speak to what your brand is? Let me check. Okay, so check. On yours or mine? Well, you should do yours, shouldn't you? Isn't I that imagine. what you wanted to do? I'm going to scroll way back. I'm going to scroll back five scrolls. I'm going to scroll be... back as well. Okay, here we go. There's me with a little kid falling asleep on my uh I remember that video. Mm -hmm. There's me, a picture of a guy getting a man unit. There's a promo clip of Keep Your Distance. There's a video, an old video of me with baby. Mm -hmm. There's a Kevin Stage content. There's Keep Your Distance. There's me proclaiming my love for Raisin Bran Crunch. Clip of me and JoJo. 
clip of Gary O Union reposting JoJo. Me when I put up, when you marked my head up oh, to mm-hmm. make fun of that video. Me and JoJo again. Nicole Bihari, Dear Kev, and promo of the comedy show. So I feel like these well twelve posts are a combination of me being funny, me proclaiming my like for something that a lot of people don't like, shouting out another creator about to do something crazy, and promoting. I think that's pretty good. That's pretty accurate. Uh, Mine, uh, it's kind of hard to do now because I've archived like a lot of my posts in this uh, rebranding thing. I was like. Yeah, I don't want this on here. 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 But before I would have like a lot of um, posts from like my Facebook that I would just repost, which there's nothing wrong with that. But it became so much on my feed that and I never really take selfies. I'm not really a picture person like that, that it would take up a lot of like the real estate on my Instagram that I would have like a lot of memes. I would have a lot of repos. I would have a lot of just funny things, just a lot of randomness. And so with this rebrand, like now there's more pictures of me showing um, fashion. There's more. um, I'm even posting the skits, which at first I was like, I don't know if I want to do that, but I don't want to be so like rigid in what I'm my po- my feed looks like, but at the same time, I want to be careful about what I'm posting. Does that Do make you, sense? Yeah, it does. Are you finding difficulty with what to post that isn't something that you strategically shot for posting? No. Well, yes and no, but I think part of it is that like today I was like, oh, I need to get dressed and like just post, you know, have Joshua take a picture and then my hair wasn't done. So I was like, well, that's not going to happen. Um, but I think I just need to do better about this is a really good day. This is a cute outfit. This is a cute hairstyle. Like, let me take a picture. And then you just post that. But if I find if it's a because I'm also known for like my quotes, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And so th- that's actually something that I'm working on is making sure that I, I am still including my quotes, but it's not a repost from someone else. It's something that's branded. Yeah. Because it's something that I said. Got it. Are you uh, going to do that with your picture only or sometimes just image quote? It'll word? be a combination of whatever I decide. Anything else? Um, did we answer that question? Uh, I think so. All right. This question is from... I don't know. J- Nikki. Ladio said Nikki. I don't know, girl. Your thing says J. Nicole, so that's what we're going to go with. The question is, um, now that some time has passed... Do you think that you will do the Love Hour conference again? Girl, the question is, now that some time has passed, how are you feeling about the Love Hour conference? Uh, will you do it again? That's basically what I said. I kind of paraphrased. Um, I don't know. This pandemic has me scared. I ain't going to lie to you. The pandemic has me really afraid to do anything, any in-person events. Their in-person events are very expensive. Uh, Doing them online is far more cost effective. It's cheaper. It's easier. I mean, of course, you know, doing things online, there's also the, um, you know, you're dealing with technology and that could be, you know, 
off and on and do what it wants to do. But I'm not paying for all of my speakers to fly. I'm not paying for all of my speakers to stay in a hotel. I'm not giving them a stipend for food. Like those type of things add up. And as a result, that's a cost that I have to pass down to my audience. And that's when things just become like really very expensive. So with all of that said, if I decided to do the Love Hour conference again, I think it would probably probably be smaller and that it would just be like a VIP experience and it would just be a vow renewal service, a few speakers, one or two days and get up out of here. Like it would be something like that much more intimate. With all of that said, considering everything that I had to go through with the Love Hour Conference to like get it off during the the planning of this pandemic, uh, I think it went as well as it could have gone. There are obviously things I wish could have gone better, but given the year of 2020, I think it went as well as it seriously could have gone. Fair. And the ex- problems that we experience, this is him telling us he doesn't like this, and now he's on his second one in five minutes. Um, there are also companies that are much, I mean, legitimate, like Fortune 500 companies that were hosting conferences using Excel events and all of these other platforms, and they experienced some of the exact same oh, they? problems there After? are people yes there are people that attended ours and then was like melissa honestly you should really be okay because i was like you know kind of bummed that it went the way it did and they're like honestly you should feel okay because at least you guys were able to pivot these companies are like girl it's over we don't know what we're gonna do we're gonna have to try to figure it out tomorrow really yes so the wow. fact that we were able to pivot like that <laughs> you know it really is something to be proud of i'm i just realized that i'm obviously a lot harder on myself than other people and it's just part of who i am that's very true um okay next question lil miss hayward how would you tell someone to approach dating and marriage when they have not seen healthy successful marriages modeled firsthand hello <laughs> i i I never thought about somebody not having any models. Um, here's what I would say. Celebrities, that what you see a lot of times, I, I, I want to say it's uh, curated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even real life marriages are a lot of times curated. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were some couples that I admired in our old churches. And then I found out some stuff that I was like, oh. Like mm-hmm. they weren't doing it on social media, but there was a presented version of their relationship and then there was an accurate version of your relationship. Sure. So uh, that's a tough question to answer because I feel like so much of it is like the relationship. But listen, I have there's no one to one. That's good on you. No, my arm hurts. Oh, there's no one to one model that we built our relationship on. That's actually one of the mistakes I was making early in our marriage was trying to be like, okay, we should do this like these people and this like these people and this like these people. And after a couple of times, Melissa saying, I don't want to do that. I don't want to try and, mm-hmm. you know, duplicate what works for them. Uh, I feel like we built a relationship that works for us and it's still a work in progress. Um, one of the things that I'm realizing more and more, uh, we saw somebody say this recently. I don't remember who it was. But they were saying that if you've been married 20, 30, 40 years, you've been married to four different people. Mm -hmm. And big swings and changes are personality, having kids, moving, quitting your job and going to an entrepreneurship, 
Melissa 2.0, 3.0, those have an effect on our relationship. I've got to adjust to that, and, and, and she has to adjust to, to me as well. I haven't had any campaigns where it's been like, uh, what's the word? Like a calculated yeah, yeah, yeah. this, mm -hmm. but there, I've been affected by job, loss, growth, professional success, failure as well. Um, so it's a kind of a, a constant like dance yeah. of giving a little, learning more, watching, reacting, things like that. So in some ways, I don't think you can even safely build your marriage on the foundation of someone else. But I think you can take uh, lessons from people and apply those lessons to you in the way that seems fit. I also think that a healthy relationship is two healthy people. So the only way to establish that is to do the self-work first on you. And that involves, you know, learning yourself, knowing your triggers, your turn-ons, your turn-offs, like all of those things. And recognizing that those things change over time. Like what triggers me today is not what triggered me years ago. And so learning those things, I think, is part of, you know, bringing your whole self and your best self, a self that you are personally in tune with, um, that's when you have the most successful and the healthiest of relationships is when you yourself are healthy and that's what you're bringing forward into the relationship. You owe it to yourself and to your partner to be your, and to your children if you have any, and to your pets and plants, uh, you know, to be the best version of you possible. So for me, that means therapy and book reading and podcast consumption uh, even the Love Hour podcast has been helpful to me in a lot of ways. Um, but even before that, or in the midst of that, listening to other podcasts and then like applying that or asking mm -hmm. Melissa, hey, how does this affect you? Have I done things like that? And then having to sit with the truth of those answers. Yeah. You know, like that's not always easy to hear. Oh, yes, you've done this and it hurt me. And then you'd be like, okay, thank you. And then you'd be like, well, I'm not going to watch no more shows or no more podcasts because I don't want to realize that. Oh, it's hard work, but it's hard work. Yeah, definitely. Work. But yeah, you have to do the work. Uh, Paper bag br says your husband speaks of how creative you are all the time. What are your apprehensions about accepting your gifts if you have any? So obviously, I picked this question. So don't look at me like that. I'm actually uh, really surprised you picked this question. Uh, because I considering what me and Josh always tell you. I know, which is why I wanted to bring it up. So I was talking to Joshua a little bit off camera about me having Steven back on the podcast and talking about imposter syndrome a little bit more um, because obviously I, or not obviously, but like quite literally yesterday and I actually started to um, text or not text uh, DM Steven being like, yo, so listen, like yesterday out loud, I said to myself, yo girl, like I think you struggle from imposter syndrome, like literally a conversation I was having with myself out loud. And it's the idea that, Imposter syndrome is more than just, oh my God, I have so many thoughts. Okay. Imposter syndrome is more than just feeling like you don't belong in the room. True imposter syndrome is chalking everything up to some outside factor other than yourself. Good or bad? Um, I would feel like it would be more good than bad. What do you mean good or bad? Like if you make a mistake that's because i'm not supposed to be here but something goes well it's like oh i, I guess so lucky. yeah 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 yeah. Uh, well yeah 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 although if you did something bad child maybe you ain't supposed to be there i think true that might be called something else i don't know but i think true imposter syndrome is when you're in rooms that you do deserve to be in and you've decided you're in them because of luck sound familiar joshua 
So I think that is part of it. This this idea that, um, you know, even as I go through the conversations of like creativity and the arguments of creativity, thinking that, well, it can't be creative because this isn't what creativity is. We've had this conversation so many times and I still don't understand what your definition of creative is. And why it's so clear in other people, but not clear in yourself. So, and that's, I guess that's kind of what I'm getting at is that, you know, finding a way to define creativity in a way that excludes me. Ooh. That would be imposter syndrome. Now, that, my friend, makes sense. That makes sense. Because even, and I'm just going to say this. The sketches for Keep Your Distance, Angel's a trained actress, mm-hmm. John A and them taking classes, Melissa's not trained. You would not know that Melissa doesn't act. Of all the sketches that we've done, you fit in with, I've been, I've been telling the people this forever, Melissa always downplays it, but even when we did plays back then, I'd be like, Melissa can act. She, she filled in for actresses for us all mm-hmm. the time. So what she would tell herself is like, I'm just doing this because we ain't got nobody. But that didn't mean you sucked. Right, right, right. And in the sketches, like, stuff you added wasn't in there. Mm-hmm. Like the set it off sketch, you're, when Shantae goes, uh, I should play Jada. And Lissa goes, oh. <laughs> like, because Melissa, we had just established that she was playing Jada. That was so funny to me. Yeah. And I didn't give you, nobody told you to say that. Mm-hmm. You just did that. So, anyway, I'm talking a lot. But what you just said makes the most sense. Now I feel like I can't mess with you about it because... You've been trying to define creativity in a way that excludes you because right. of that imposter. Yeah. So that's what I... Because it's very obvious to everyone around you well, that and I, you and like I, literally... No, I just want to say something. Oh go ahead. Creatively produce the podcast. Have ideas for brand photo shoots. Come up with doggone shot boards, Joshua. Then we'll edit a vlog herself or send a vlog to an editor and then re-edit to make sure. And then perform as talent and be funny on your own. All the, like If you're not creative, then what am I? Because we're doing the same thing. I'm just goofy. What is creative? Relating everybody, original ideas, imagination. Okay, this is the other thing, okay? And then we're going to move on. Huh? Uh, this whole dog on podcast is her original idea. It's not only that. It's the it's imagination as well. I've never, I know, just let it be and stop. Just listen to me. It is so hard. I need support and not this. Okay, okay. How how can I support you when I disagree with every word you're about to say? um, The idea, uh, I never, I never was like a daydreamer. I never considered myself like, even cartoons as a kid. Like, I was like, this is the dumbest. Like, why do people... (laughs) You didn't like cartoons? No. I watched like, I didn't watch cartoons. I watched like the Flintstones, but it was only because. What is this ridiculous? They didn't live with dinosaurs. I know. My mom (laughs) called me and still calls me Pebbles. And my cousin is, they don't even call him Bam Bam anymore. But my mom still calls me Pebbles to this day. And so I always felt like this strange connection to the Flintstones. Like I should watch it because my uh, nickname was Pebbles and, you know, the Pebbles on the show. But like I really didn't watch, like I would watch live action stuff. But like Animaniacs, Looney Tunes. I was never that kid, child, that? clearly, okay? I'm going to be reading the classifieds. The Dow Jones is down I just 40 really points. I just never considered. And so I, I, I feel like I just kind of lumped all of that in. 
And if that's something that I feel like I was never a part of, then how could I identify, how could I identify with it later? I don't know if I'm making sense, but mm-hmm. like in this weird way, I've been able to, you know, self-identify as other when it comes to creativity. And so to now be in this space and be, you know, deemed a creative or things that I'm doing as creative, it's very, it's, it's a foreign concept. That's fair. Yeah. Especially like I was talking to Greg about this. Um, He was saying this industry is a little more tough for him because he's like, I didn't plan to do this. Same. I was going to be nine to five and do my nine to five. I didn't plan on being none of this stuff. So I really got to get my my wits about me. And for for me, I was like, I'm going to be doing something. And that's what I mean by othering yourself to creativity. That I that so it's doing like, that makes the most sense yeah, to me. And, and so it's it's a it's a whole. Do I don't know. It's a whole process of like. Do you feel like something will happen if you accept that you're a creative? I'm not like, quite sure. You know, I, I feel like I'm such a word person as well that I'm like, no, this is the definition, and I'm not fitting. And then it's, it's like, yeah. That's the second time I've used that today, but it fit both times. Yes, and so it just kind of feels like I don't understand why people are forcing this upon well, me I'm when it's so clear. Because I think people, me, Joshua, your fans, you are, if you didn't do any of this stuff, I probably wouldn't argue with you. You know what I mean? Like if you're just working back at your job and mm-hmm. you just were never doing any of this, I wouldn't argue with you. But you are... Set, the photo shoot you set up for your brand thing, mm-hmm. the fact that they have a shot board mm-hmm. or that's l- both literally the shots that you want, mm-hmm. like style of picture and mood board by fashion. That is a creative director's job. Yeah. You've done something that a creative person. You could hire someone to say, create I, this, that for me. But did you do that? No. no so you this did is, that. This is another thing about. Um, going back to exposure is, you know, having a very narrow view of what this means and not understanding that, oh, this could be someone's job and they would consider themselves a creative. I don't know that because I was never a creative. I never worked in this field. I never, so you don't understand that like, this is an aspect of creativity. It's just like, this is what I did at my nine to five. So how could it be creative? I get that. But even your nine to five working in the aerospace industry, there's creatives there. Engineers, drawings, they're creating airplane dynamics. That's uh, a creative. That's creative. I are you with the other side of your brain? But regardless, you know, it's to a spec. So I don't know. I feel like that's like math. And so that's what I'm saying. I'm like, listen, okay, I'm a literal person. Words have meanings and meanings have meanings. So. I just feel like things are so different and like I can just categorize them differently. And part of it is just, you know, you know, maybe not being so rigid. I don't know. The point is that I'm about to bring Stevie back on the podcast. Excluding yourself out makes the most sense. That I it's the most clear why you don't want to identify with creative, because if I am that, that is wrong. That is for creative people. That is the Kanye's, the Kev's, the singers. Right. The fashion designers, whatever, like you literally created the the all the things logo for the shirt. But then because the graphic designer goes and creates your vision, you feel like they're creative. But without your direction, they have nothing to create from. Right. If you're struggling with all of your creativity and you need to take a class to give yourself a spark, <laughs> Skillshare. 
What is Skillshare? Do you know what they are? It's an online learning community with thousands of classes for creative and curious people. I consider myself a creative, curious person, I guess, as of today. But regardless, even if you don't consider yourself creative or curious, it is a platform for learners. That's what it is. If you are on anything from home decor to um, classes, again, to spark your creativity, from housing designs to picture photography to uh, what were you taking one on? Um, graphic design. Graphic design. Thank you. That's the exact word I was struggling to get. Graphic design. It is a platform for people to learn. They have all of these individual classes and tutorials almost to teach you and really inspire you to do the things that you're interested in doing. Most of the classes are under 60 minutes with short lessons to fit any schedule. Honestly, I've taken some 15 to 20 minute classes up to 30 minutes. Those those are kind of my cup of tea. 30, give me 30 and lower. Um, but they pack the classes with such rich information that you're bound to get something out of it. Skillshare is also incredibly affordable, especially when compared to Pricely in-person classes because everyone these days is offering some type of masterclass, okay? Like it's all over the interwebs, all over Instagram. There's some type of masterclass. This is a great way to get all of those areas of expertise all on one platform. The annual prescription is less than $10 a month. Explore your creativity at Skillshare.com slash LH. And the first 1,000 people to use our link will get a free trial of Skillshare premium membership. Receive free access to thousands of classes for a limited time. Be the first 1,000 to sign up at Skillshare.com slash LH. Thank you so much, Skillshare, for being a sponsor of this episode. All right. We also want to tell you about ShipStation. Man, we got new merch right here. I'm wearing Joey's merch, too. Joe merch. Everything is house. Here's the thing. We got Stage Crew merch just came in. And listen, without ShipStation, we would be in a world of hurt. Uh, in years past, we had no doggone rhyme or reason way to do shipping. We had stuff on Etsy and Shopify and uh, Pinterest and all these different sites, and you'd have to go individually to each one, click, get these things, click, get these things, put them all together. ShipStation said, forget all that. We're going we're gonna to streamline your sales and put all your orders from all these different sites because, you know, some sites sell stuff better. Like yeah. Etsy's more for crafty yep. stuff, mm -hmm. um, crafty type things. Uh, Shopify is more for actual T-shirts, but, you know, you sell uh, planners and stuff and also T-shirts. Yeah. So sometimes you got to have them on those different sites so that they'll be um, have a better chance for selling. But you don't want to have to go to each individual site right. to do it. And face it, guys, whether you're a regular person or Amazon, everyone expects Amazon type speed. They sure do. And ShipStation helps with that. And it also ships with all the big boys, including USPS, FedEx, UPS, and even international. We got a lot of friends, uh, especially in the UK. Across the pond. And they'll pay extra for shipping, but they want their stuff in a reasonable amount of time. And ShipStation has helped us with all of that. Right now, love our listeners need to be gearing up for Black Friday. Black Friday. Okay. Be ordering your merch right now. You can try ShipStation for free for 60 days when you use offer code LOVE. Love. Make sure your business is ready to meet the demands of a massive online shopping season. Listen, online shopping this year 
specifically with yeah. coronavirus. I mean, uh, Cro- Cro- Cronova. Cronova. <laughs> This year, specifically, you want to make sure if you're taking the leap, get your merch, get it together. Now, I need to be doing my devotional right now. Get all of that stuff together so that way when the holiday season comes, you are squared away. You can do that with ShipStation. Get started at ShipStation.com. Click the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in love. Love. That's ShipStation.com. Enter the offer code love. Love. ShipStation.com. Make ship happen. All right. Here's a great question. This question comes from Channon Cooper. What was the biggest lesson you got from the Big Leap and why? And how can I be in the book club? Uh, how can you be in the book club, girl? Check the uh, note section of this episode and or go to my Instagram uh, link tree and there's a direct link there. The biggest lesson I learned from or go, Kev, from the Big Leap. Uh, I learned a couple and I don't know how to classify one as bigger than the other. But the biggest one is that it's okay to live your full life. You don't have to shrink it or hide it uh, to appease other people. Mm-hmm. Other people aren't going to necessarily like that, um, but that's their fault and their responsibility. Uh, I'm not going to be able to please everyone. I knew that, but the way it was worded in that book mm-hmm. helped a lot uh, to free me from the uh, desire to appease everyone. Uh, I just had to know that that's not going to happen. Um, and yeah, those are kind of the big, the big tenets that I learned. Oh, and you're not abandoning people. If you're growing past them, Mm -hmm. uh, you are doing what you are meant to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and you shouldn't hold yourself back or feel bad because you're attaining things that you worked hard for. Um, and limiting yourself, upper limiting yourself, just it, you really can stunt your growth and sabotage your career. And but at least you know why. It's because you feel like you're not deserving of stuff, but you are deserving. I guess that's the best thing. You are deserving of the life that you work hard for, and you should enjoy it. And buy a Maserati if you can. But also one day that payment's gonna come in, and you're gonna have to be like, whew, me, huh? <laughs> Because it's still on the counter right now. I, mean, I know how much it is, and I know I can put on auto pay. But the actual opening of it and setting it up, nah, I ain't ready. <laughs> For real though, um, I would say the biggest lesson. I mean, along with everything that Kevin has already said, is just coming to the realization of the upper limit. Where it's good and bad, though. I ain't gonna lie to you. Okay, like listen, it's good, but then every decision, you're like, is this the upper limit? Like, why am I making this decision? Like. Am I really, do I deserve to feel this way? Should I be feeling better about this? Like everything becomes like a whole entire dialogue and you just be like, girl, just make the decision and move on with your life. Um, But having those discussions, I honestly probably feel like that's probably what led me to this realization yesterday of like imposter syndrome. Because you start realizing that you hold on to a narrative and an, and an identity of yourself that can be restrictive to where you're trying to go. Yeah. And so being able to identify those and then trying to like break free from them is a whole like process and like the, you know, the learning journey that I'm on. And um, that's both, you know, very enlightening and fulfilling and also extremely scary. Yes. And that's part of that book is like, if I don't read this, then I won't know. Mm-hmm. But it's that's the same mindset of like, 
if I don't ask the doctor about these symptoms, then I'm not sick. So like, true. Yeah, you can take that approach, but you're likely not going to live your life to the fullest as a result. Mm -hmm. uh, there's so much work that has to be done. There's just so much work to be done in life. Lately, I've been feeling like I'm always working on something and I don't have it all right ever. Yeah. You know? And you be like, man, I know better and do better. And then you just you fall into some old habits. And I do want to be clear about something. Reading the book is not an immediate change of mind. Oh, no. Those ingrained thoughts are ingrained for a reason. You have repeated this to your mind. You have told yourself you're not worthy. You're not deserving. So you're going to have to unlearn those things as you move forward and in, into your big leap. So uh, it's just not a quick fix, but it is a jump start uh, and give you a lot of tools to help you enjoy the next phase of your life. And... I think one of the biggest things that you just said was talking about, like, just because you don't acknowledge them doesn't mean they're not there. Like, just because you don't go to the doctor doesn't mean your body's not sick. Right. And I think that's probably one of the hardest things is a lot of people are uh, fearful of reading this book because they don't want to have that eye opening experience because you do. And listen, you can read it and be like, oh, that was good and move on. But. This just not the type of person that I am, type of person that Kevin is. Like once I know something, I'm now accountable to do better yeah. because now I'm in the know. And that's the hardest part is like now I got to do the work, you know. And honestly, it's a lifelong journey. Like all of this growth and evolution and change and all of it, it's just it's a lifelong journey. I'm not quite sure. Um, and I don't mean this as a discouraging way. I don't ever, ever think that I'll, I will arrive I feel like I'll just always be on the path. Peace be the journey. Peace be the... Where is that from? Cool Runnings. Hmm. <laughs> but this, this, it's not a destination. It's a journey. You know, I don't think you'll ever get... I don't know why I thought this was, like, super deep. No, no. I just seen Cool Runnings a lot. <laughs> Peace be the journey. And Talula. what does it mean? Huh? And what does it mean? What does Peace be the journey mean? I don't know. They just said that. Oh. Why'd you say it? What did you mean for it? My thing is you have to enjoy the journey. Oh, okay. You know, like... Um, I feel like Miley Cyrus would have been a better quotable there than the what? Peace Beat the Journey. It's not oh, the... Uh, the... The climb? Yeah. That's my jam. Well, That's how does it go? One. It's not the journey, it's the climb. It's not the... other side. It's the climb. But what's before that? I don't know. It's Pull not it the journey, it's the climb? Only want to be the white girl singing. My daddy's Billy Ray. I use black people for hip hop. Then I'll go and run. Always oh, going to be another mountain. I was going to. What, girl? You just went past the lyrics. Oh, genius. They tell you what it means. Okay, there's always going to be another, another mountain. mountain. It's I'm always going to want to make it move. move. Always going to be an uphill battle. Sometimes I'm going to have to lose. Ain't about how fast, fast I, I get there. there. Ain't about, about what's waiting on the other side. It's the climb. There. I actually thought she said something else. But the point is, it's about the journey. And not like, right, what's waiting on the other side. Meaning it's not about the destination or about the prize on the other end. It's about, you know. Peace be the journey. You know, the thing about the big leap is you like, it's about having the balls to live your life. It is about having the balls to live your but life. But you don't want your balls to be hairy. You want your balls to... Let me show you mine. <laughs> <laughs> I 
That was funny. Listen, Manscaped keeps my balls clean and smooth. You don't want your balls to be the civil rights movement. You don't want them to be black power. You want them to be smooth and shapely. Yeah, they look bigger. They look bigger when there ain't no more shrubbery around them. They be looking I'm heavy. trying not to laugh. Uh, but listen, fellas, the Manscaped new product alert. The Weed Whacker and Ear Nose Trimmer is the latest in Manscaped. Of course, they're going to take up care of your balls, but you also have your nose and your ear hair. Nobody wants to see that. The older you get, the longer them nose hairs get and the longer them ear hairs get. Yeah, and women, they might be checking you out, but they see nose and ear hair. They are out of there. And we've aged you 10 years. Oh, they're like, oh, he got, you know, unkept nose hair, ear hair. He's not going to get any of my coochie. I'm going to keep it to myself. I mean, you don't want that to happen. And Manscaped is going to keep you in the game with your balls, your nose, and your ears. My wife is a big fan of my balls. Cleanly shaven. But she likes them clean. So I keep them clean. I keep my Manscaped right in the shower. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their weed whacker. Nose ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate Hose. The premium Manscaped Weed Whacker uses 9,000 RPM motor power, 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. Its intelligently contoured design enhances trimming experience, and it is waterproof, which makes it easy operation and cleaning. Manscaped is making whacking your weeds a time to look forward to, delivering maximum confidence while providing hygiene. Yes, you'll get a replacement blade every three months to keep your weed whacking time clean and enjoyable. Look, fellas. 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff. It's time to upgrade your Manscaped routine with the Weed Whacker. But hold on. Before you go into the offer, I just want to say really quickly, uh, number one, it's waterproof. So that means, men, you can do this while you're in the shower. Okay? So it's really, really simple, really, really easy. Number two, the other really nice thing about it is I don't know what type of technology this braid blade has, but you don't get razor bumps. Razor bumps suck. Uh, yeah, they do suck. And in sensitive private areas, they suck worse. The most. Um, and so that's one of the things that are really nice. I say all that to say that the holiday season is coming up and you need to know these important facts. Okay. About the Manscaped razor situation. Yeah. So you know what to ask your partner for the holiday season. <laughs> okay. These are all important things you need to know. Yes. Get yourself together. Before you get jingle bells, get your jingle balls and your nose and your ear. All the things. Get yourself together, man. Get it together. Are you rugged man? Male, Nobody wants that. Male grooming is on the rise. Yes. Male grooming is on the rise. Be ahead of the curve, man. Be ahead of the curve. Right now, you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code LOVEHOUR. At manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the promo code LOVEHOUR. What are you waiting for? Go whack your weeds. All right. Now back to the show. Thank you, Manscaped, for sponsoring the podcast. Uh, this is from A. Nicole. Or no, that's Nichelle. Uh, I got a question that I think you've answered before, but I need to be reminded. How did you come to the stage where you knew you needed to become Melissa 2.0? We're assuming I keep seeing signs for me to move forward, then signs that I should stay. How do I move on to better myself? Stand back and stand by. Listen, <laughs> um, good boy. Stand up. I, I for me, I think it came down to 
honestly, I've said this, I have said this before. I get tired of myself. I get tired of being and showing up differently than the way that I want to show up. Like always showing up as me instead of showing up as the better version of me. You get tired of yourself? Girl, Kev. Ah, man. Shut up. (laughs) Uh, You just get tired. And then once you realize that you have, a lot of times I feel like we feel um, victim to our circumstances, not realizing that we created them ourselves. Mm. So we have the power to change them. So if I don't want to continue to show up as I am, if I want my circumstances to be different, if I want to create a brand or whatever it is that I want to do, if I want to step out on faith, well, girl, just do it. Like, go do it. Yeah, just do so it. So what happens when that happens? Are you do you be like an internal internal turmoil when you're like, dang it, I should have said or done that? I mean, when I don't do it, yeah. yes, yes. Okay. There are lots of times where conversations are had. I'm like, I should have said this and I didn't. And then later on, it's like, you should have said that. Now you see why you should have and you didn't. And now you're upset with yourself. Uh, we gave an example. I can't give that because we haven't talked about this. I was going to talk about the house. The. The when I signed that contract and immediately knew. No, I the house done is that. so many. There's so much with the house. Always with us. We talked about it, though. No, this. Oh house. no, we didn't. We didn't. Yeah. So the point is, there have been many. <laughs> there have been many instances in my life, even more recently, where I have known to do better because I have a lot of head knowledge, but I don't always do better. And so I've gotten to a point where I have to don't look back and do the shoulda, coulda, woulda dance. Do it. Just. Just do it. Just do you it. Do it. And so that's it. that's do how it, I knew. It. I literally and there are no I don't think that if you're receiving signs that you should stay the same. That's your old mind reminding you. I think that's your comfort zone. Comfort zone be talking big. Yeah, I think that's trash. your comfort zone because your comfort it's easy. Like yeah. we were just talking about how much work it is to evolve and grow and challenge yourself and to constantly be trying to go against your your you know the easy disposition that you have. That's really that's a simple life. That's an easy life. But to be doing things and trying to grow and evolve and better yourself, that's that's much harder. It's it's less passive. This is an active journey. Yeah. Okay, it requires a lot of brain cells, a lot of self-talk, a lot of inner work. These are things that listen, you be tired at the end of the day, okay? <laughs> I'd be tired. I don't want to do all this. I don't know if I answered that question. You feel like we did? Yeah. Okay. I think a thing you said and we said it earlier and you said it again. It's not a straight like you turn your mind off and now every yeah. time you're supposed to say something you do you're still going to have moments where you're like, man, dang. Tom Brady is an amazing quarterback. He's been for a long time. He still throws interceptions. Right. He still be trying stuff and still be like, dang, you intercepted that? Right, right, he right. He still misses throws. So he might be the greatest quarterback ever played, arguably. You know, LeBron still misses shots, still turns the ball over. It's going to be a constant battle to become the best version of yourself. Right. But you should always be working and not just giving up and be like, well, I'm going to just stay. Yes. Uh, Chloe, how do you pronounce this last name? Renske J? Man, people be having some names. I feel like Webby. 
<laughs> Y'all got some shit. This is Charlamagne. Charlamagne, you're gay. Uh, is there something you have learned, realized from being married that you wish you knew when you first got married? Any advice for newlyweds? My first and foremost advice, we always used to talk about, you know, nothing saying. So I'll let you say that. No, you go. Okay. No, I'm going to say something different. Okay, go ahead. Okay. The advice that I would uh, say first is to work on your, worry about yourself. <laughs> Little girl, so funny. Yes. Worry about yourself. Worry about yourself. Literally work on you yeah and i'm talking mentally emotionally sexually financially like be able to present and show up in your relationship whole there should be no one that you are looking to come in and fill any pieces of your life you should come in as a whole person fill up one piece would be good so just one little park that big Mac truck right in this little garage. <laughs> but you really should be, but also be able to say, I don't like Big Macs because this garage is too little. So actually go to the rear instead. Like I don't mean it like that. Hey oh butt stuff. The whole point was the garage, and then by the time I got there, it became butt stuff. But the point is that you are so in tune with yourself that you recognize that the garage ain't it for me. The back door is. You did it again. I know. You, well, I was you, here now. <laughs> I committed. So the thing is, I agree with that. And this is why I feel like the love, you're cold. I can see your goosebumps. Yeah, I am. The love hour oh, is good even for singles. Is be- I need to shave. Oh. <laughs> the love hour is good even for singles because if you go to a restaurant and you say, hey, what's good here? And they're like, oh, do you like spicy or no? You should be able to say, I don't like spicy food mm-hmm. or I don't eat red meat. I, you know what I'm saying? Like, you need to bring that level of knowledge of yourself to a relationship. Right. Hey, I'm interested in this. I like, and more than just like, I like long walks. You know, like, you should be able to explicitly explain, here's my love language. Here's, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, not in like an interview form, but as those com- conversations come up, you yeah. should be able to articulate what's important to you. You should be able to tell someone how you like to be loved, how you receive love, how you interpret love, what's a gas and break for you, and then, what are your problem areas? So that way that person can properly love you. You Absolutely. know, like the songwriter say, teach me how to love. Um, I think, oh, uh, it was Lil Wayne. Oh, I was like, uh, I don't know yeah. that. Yeah, I had a love. I had a love. But anyway, um, I think that, and then when you get into that marriage, you know, sexually you can say, I like this. I like two pops and a little nip of play. Not too much. Ice but no heat. Whatever that case yeah. is. But otherwise your partner is trying to guess and figure out all that stuff or right. doing it in real time. Um, knowing your family history, how that affects you. Absolutely. Like in my family, we talked loud and we didn't go to sleep on anger. Melissa's family, they it wasn't the same. Right. So I needed to understand that my family approach wasn't going to be the same for her. And right. I needed to allow her room for that as well. Yeah. I'm about to sneeze. <laughs> Bless you. But all that stuff is important, um, even in the dating game. Uh, be more important in the relationship and even more important in the marriage and also as you change being able to communicate that with your partner yeah you know that's that's equally as important uh were you gonna say your last little bit i feel like we give that advice all the time so you wanted to give something else no i can't think of anything so you don't want to say it at all go back to the question 
advice for newlyweds or people that are dating? I guess I would just say don't try to base your – we said this earlier, but don't try to base your relationship on anybody else or your sex on anybody else's sex or what you saw in movies or your parents. Let it be what it is. Here's one I would do. Take your partner's word for their word. Yeah. And as partners, you have to also – you know, me and Melissa were working on this a while ago. She was like, Kevin, if I say something – just take my me at my word. Mm-hmm. Don't try to think for me beyond what I said. Mm-hmm. And and her responsibility, her, and she said, my responsibility is to tell you how I really feel. Right. Because I know you're going to take me at my word. Because I used to have a big problem with that. Like, mm-hmm. girl, you say this, but it looks like you ain't really down with that. Or I feel like you might not be. She's like, I, I know I said. Yeah. So take your partner at your word. And as a partner, be a person of your word. Uh, last question. My name is Bianca, and I absolutely love the Love Hour, and I'm a part of the Patreon and the book club. I just watched the latest episode. You are worth it. And I would like to ask if Melissa could speak more on this topic. I would specifically love to know what regimen of affirmation was utilized on the journey and what she did and what did she feel was the turning point while on the journey. Um, so... The first thing is, oh, the regimen of the affirmation. So the re- the affirmations, I would literally say to myself, the I am worth it as is without change, without exception, daily. Mm-hmm. Like I, I quite literally did this every single day. Yep. I don't remember if it was like 45 days or 60 days or whatever, but I literally did it daily until I I just felt and I again it's so hard for me to like really articulate first of all it was so long ago but it's really hard for me to articulate when I just knew but I I, I knew that I got it when it be, it dawned on me and not like as part of like all of I wasn't like I mapped out I'm gonna do this campaign this campaign this campaign this campaign they all just kind of like this is what I feel like I should do next. Once I got to that point, that's when I knew I got it and I was able to move on. Mm -hmm. So the very next campaign after that was my love on campaign where I got into makeup. Like literally that was like, and it just felt like the natural evolution of it because what I felt on the outside, I was now determined to look like on the inside. I mean, what I felt on the inside, I was now determined to match what I felt like on the outside. Meaning, okay, Melissa, you really do feel good, girl. You really do feel like you are worth it, but now your clothes don't match that internal feeling. Now your face doesn't match that internal feeling. Now your hair doesn't match that internal feeling. Let's Let's have all of these things be on one accord. That's when I knew I got it and I was able to move on because and it wasn't just like for all I know it could have been 47 days I really have no idea and I like should make up something but I don't want to do you like that and say at 60 days I got it because that's not how it worked for me um it was just something that I was like oh girl you keep telling yourself you work it but these clothes are raggedy so let's change that that's when I knew I got it Mm -hmm. does that make sense Mm -hmm. did you want to add something to that do that you you remember from that time no why are you looking like this? I don't understand. I'm just listening. Oh. <laughs> it just seems like you're trying to give me more and I'm not getting it. No. Um, the turning point in the journey for me, like after I did all of these things, what capped it off for me, and this is a quote by, I think Coco Chanel is um, a woman that cuts her hair, changes her life. I feel like that's her quote. I cut my hair. 
So the very first, not the first time, but one, like the second time I think I rocked a pixie was after I did all of those campaigns and I was approaching 30 and I was like, okay, girl, the only way to put all these pieces together Hmm. is to cut your hair. Short and bomb. Yeah. And so I, I cut my hair and I feel like that's when I really felt like I can own all the pieces of that journey. Do you think you'll ever grow your hair back? I did, like two years ago. I mean, was it as long as it used to be in high school? Yeah. When I was like natural-ish. You don't remember? And I had that blonde. You don't remember. Uh, When it was super low? I mean, super long? I mean, it wasn't that long, but like, oh, no, that's when I was pregnant. Maybe it was longer than two years ago. I feel like it was two years ago. In L.A.? Yeah, yeah. Right after I had these braids. Oh, no, right after I took them braids out is when I cut it, actually. Is it right? Oh, is that a weird? Mm-mm. Here we go. That's when it was grown out. There's a very it specific... Was long in the front. It wasn't long in the back. No, because was, it was more like a... Um... Ah, shoot. No, I hate when that happens. It was more like a bob. See here? It was grown out. But the back was still no, short. The, the back was like right here. It was like probably right under my earlobe. This is what I was looking for. Oh, yeah. Okay. I do remember that. Yeah. I had another one. I remember we were going. what concert we were going to. Right there. This is what I was looking for. So, like, it was, I guess, shaved I in guess the bottom I'm part. Thinking, yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. But it was like a and really cute I didn't cute realize bop. it was that long. Mm-hmm. It was healthy than a mug, too. That was, uh, that was natural? Brazilian yep. blowout? It was a Brazilian blowout. Oh, super cute, When too. was that? That was in... I'm probably off that picture now. 2017, three years ago. What year? What month? August. Dang. So, anyway, the point is... I, I mean, maybe I'll go back. I have no idea. But for right now, I have no interest. But I also like to change up my hair. So, who knows? The point is that once I change my side, hair... Shaved side? I would never do that. I actually don't recommend it. If you're, I haven't been seeing it that much in LA anymore. Uh, I just saw a girl the other day, yesterday, at an appointment, and it was. I was like, "Ooh, girl, when you get sick of that, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry for you." Um, I, me myself personally, it's not the style that I recommend for anybody because that grow out is the worst. Okay, like it is the worst. But I think that's when it all came together for me. Was was that part for me? Got it. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to add? Nope. Uh, we finished the last ad. Okay. Thank you guys so much for these questions today on the Love Hour podcast. We hope that you enjoyed them, and we will be back with whatever the topic will be next week. Until the next video. Bye. Bye. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.